swords and handle art to spark souls and charge souls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and stores some legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's a grand theft of blood scrolls simon's quest the drawing earl rock shoes to earth clue keeps the exit gaming news the police get some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is a dub. You can find us at control issues.com. That dash is a hyphen. Hit us up. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be Stitcher Radio, Pink Himalayan, Himalayan Sea Salt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Google Play, the podcast app on your Apple device, since that's the smoothest way to say that these days. The app formerly known as iTunes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, good story about that, but later. Uh, and you could also go to twitch.tv slash control issues pod, where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure every so often. And last but not least, head on over to Twitter at my control issues is the handle. Handle that. AMC, how you living? Living well. It's uh, we're recording this on Sunday, November eighth. Skies the sky's a little blue today. It's a yeah. it's a little it's a little sunnier. Yeah, air a little cleaner. <laughs> it's a little cleaner. <laughs> the streets a little quieter. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's a <clears throat> it's a good day. It's a good weekend. It's um, you live for these moments in times of uh, you know where. Anything could hit you any week, uh, usually for the negative. Um, but yeah, today's a uh, it's a little sunnier for me. It's a it's a little a little better. How about how about yourself, a dove? You, you know, it's I immediately felt a weight just lift off of my chest, <laughs> <laughs> just relief and refreshment coursing through my veins. So yeah, this has been an awesome week. Yeah, yeah. Um, outside of that. Um, what you been playing, my man? Well, I decided I was going to just keep chopping away at Forgone. I was on a great tear. I think I only died once or twice at the last point that we spoke. And it was just like you go up against the boss, you quickly figure out their patterns and their second phases. It's like, oh, okay, I could do this. And I just kept making significant progress every time I played because of the way the game is structured. Every level is made up of about anywhere from two to three checkpoints. The third checkpoint is always right before the boss battle. So it was just, it was predictable. I would go through a level like, all right, there's checkpoint one, which is the beginning. All right, here's checkpoint two, which is the middle. All right, the boss is at checkpoint three. Let me go back to, back to the hideaway, juice myself up, clean my inventory up, and just prepare myself mentally for what's about to happen. Did that all the way to the conclusion. I streamed everything but my winning run. 
it was like right when I delivered the final blow to the boss, it was like, oh, I didn't stream this. So my apologies for that. However, you see tons of excellent gameplay footage all the way up to that moment. You know, I did a, a little bit of farming. I managed to locate every secret in the game, or at least all of the enumerated secrets. So that was pretty cool. I finished with about 87% of the trophies. So I may go back, try to get the platinum. There is a new game plus mode at the very end. Uh, toward the end of the game, they throw in a twist and like suddenly everything you thought you know is different and more challenging. So that was very refreshing, especially as I, I was thinking like it, this game could have been challenging and then it switched up on me. I was like, ah, there it is. Mm -hmm. So yeah, man, I had a great time with that. Finished it. And now I'm eyeing Bioshock Infinite because I want to cap that off as well as the franchise in general. So then that's done. But, you know, just for a couple minutes, I fired up Everspace just to feel that ship maneuvering again after having an absolute blast with Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. So did that. And yeah, man, it feels like home. It, it took no time at all. You know, I'm going to have to refresh myself on the finer points of the game and get back into my my winning strategy. But overall, it's it's every bit as good as I remember it being. I still think it might be the holy grail of maneuvering in, you know, spaceship-oriented games. Looking super forward to Everspace 2, which should come out sometime in 2021. You know, it's 2021 is shaping up to be a good year. I'll say that. <laughs> but AMC, what have you been playing? Yes. Um, I have been playing Doom. I put in a little work with Ori. That game is, um, it continues to get better. Um, Marissa and I, we, we've powered, we got, so it's, it's a Vania. So Vania is always known for getting abilities that then uh, provide that give you access to areas of the map that you may have passed on earlier. And so we just got to the point where we had now have a double jump. So that is now one giving us a little more maneuverability in combat because enemies are tough in this game. Like you can only take so many shots and they have um, weird movements and weird attacks that are hard to anticipate. Uh, so the double jump just added a little more versatility um, to our, to our movement. And then uh, on top of that, we can now get into certain areas. So that's, that's, that's the best. <laughs> yeah, like the moment you get like that or a dash in one of those games, you're just like, oh, thank God. Like, this is what I was missing. <laughs> um, yeah, so at this point, I have, a, I have a double jump and a wall jump. So I can pretty Damn. much Spider-Man it in the game. But I, I'm, I think a dash is coming and then some other abilities. It's great. Um, other than that, yeah, Doom. So Doom Eternal, been putting a lot of work there. That's That's been the focus. Took off two days, put in some work during those two days and then on the weekend put in some more work and yeah, at this point still unlocking newer uh weapons i just got the chain gun um which now gives me a little more damage when it comes to the heavies so like you would think the heavies the best thing you could have possible is um like the rocket launcher or the super shotgun but the problem with the this the super shotgun is double barrel and every time you shoot it you got to reload it with those two those two bullets and then um yeah, the rocket launcher doesn't have a, a rapid rate of fire. So with the minigun, what's dope is that when you're hitting them, not only is it 
just melting their their health it's also mm-hmm. staggering them so um and then with that it comes with a mod the mod i chose is an energy shield and that is super helpful with um the in, the the heavies that rely on distance attacks because not only are their attacks super strong but they also take a ton of damage so being able to throw up a shield focus my attack on him and then also with the shield absorb the attack of all the the little goombas the the, other <laughs> mini, the mini demons um it just it lets me be a little bit more of a tank in the game and um you know like not worry as much about just having to rely on taking damage um in order to get closer to the enemy or just get a glory kill uh, so it, it gives me a little more range and ability to sit back as opposed to have to move in for those glory kills all the time um and so yeah with that i've also gotten other abilities and it's just really more it's about now that i have the um i have the higher variety the variety of weapons to choose from i can now focus on uh, hitting the weak points of all the enemies as opposed to like this enemy he's strong and i can't really um put him in a stagger state because i don't really have the weapon to get him there uh now i have that so i can really just adjust on the fly to whatever the enemies are throwing and the way i can tell the progress that i'm making in the game and they did say this when you're choosing the difficulties i, I chose ultra violent and it said early on in the game you're gonna die a lot so it's, it's tipping you off, like you will get more powerful and you will be able to, you'll have higher survivability, but you'll also just be a little more offensive. Uh, and I did die a lot. And then um, I'd mentioned in previous weeks that they have these challenge dungeons within each stage. And through that, you get like, um, you get the points or whatever. But there was one, the first one I hit, it took me, I think, three days to beat it. <laughs> and Jesus. Yeah. And what was good about it is I could have quit, but I felt like, needing to beat that uh, area was more not necessarily for the point that I was going to get from beating it was it was going to be for the um, the battle experience of kind of understanding more how the game needs to be played because they're just throwing waves of enemies at you and if you like if you get stagnant if you sit in one place if you try to use cover for too long they'll flank you they come they can they can teleport behind you things on those lines so quickly there that's where I learned to like move around and then now that I have the uh, offensive power to go with that um, experience, I'm now hitting those challenge dungeons and beating them in like one or two tries. So it's a uh, it's a complete like change from going from three days to beat one to like going up against it one time, understanding what waves are going to come at me, and then just being able to beat it the second time with that little adjustment. Um, so yeah, it's uh it's the perfect like. And I don't want to say mindless because you're constantly always getting feedback from the game and you're always solving puzzles as far as like the type of enemies that they're throwing at you and and the grouping and how to utilize the environment to your advantage against those those attacks and those types of enemies. Um, but it is a game that I can just zonk out and not think about anything while playing. And so from going from from playing games that were more heady, like those tactical turn-based games like a divinity, it's great to just have this pure adrenaline action experience that doesn't require a lot of um emotional and mental energy to to get through the game <laughs> is what i'll say just but a good time yeah it's just a good time but a dub let's get into the topics of the week top topics of the week uh do you want to lead off this discussion let me see what I'm going to lead off with. I'm going to lead off with something spectacular. So I will remind everybody that over this past week since we last seen you, it was in seven day. 
mm-hmm. in seven day brings with it a lot of a lot of celebration, a lot of fanfare, a lot of ceremony involving the Mass Effect franchise. So we got a couple bits of news for you. I'll start off with one is pretty substantial and it was like indirectly confirmed, but we know for sure that a new Mass Effect project is in development in Bioware with the veteran team. Mm. Now, I don't know exactly what veteran team means. I mean, the founders left the company. I'm sure a lot of other of the original team at the company has left. I mean, maybe they called them back. Who knows? But we're going to be getting another Mass Effect. They're trying to put the talent on it that's most closely associated with the property. So, hey, I support it. I'm all for it. The more sci-fi action RPGs we have in this world, the better. AMC, are you pumped are you for the get, idea of a new Mass Effect? Are you going to get a live games to service Mass Effect from the from the people who made Anthem? <laughs> 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 no, um, yeah, this is great. Um, yeah, the last I installment. Mean, if it's good, that wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm I'm happy to see that they're back on Mass Effect. Um, I know a lot of people when Anthem was announced and it came out, they were like, "Oh, like they could be putting their resources towards Mass Effect." That's why I hate Anthem. And it's like, well, they wanted maybe they wanted to do something different. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, I they just got done with. Well, they done Mass Effect Three, which people played the ending and then decided that they hated the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, they played Mass Effect Andromeda, and people were mad at EA at that point. And then now they're now they're doubly mad at Bioware because not only did they make a game that they now hate that has all types of issues, but they just can't do anything right. And then they go on, and then they make Anthem, and people are still upset. So it seems like this is what's great about this is this is a move towards um, the franchise that people loved, that people grew to love Bioware over, and so. Um, Announcing this, I think, is uh, it's a solid move for the company, especially the other announcements that came along with it. Speaking of, that brings us to our next topic of the week. Topic of the week. <laughs> I caught you mid-sip, huh? <laughs> Top topic of the week. AFC, you want to cover this one? This, is, this one's got a little more meat on the bone. Yes, sir. So uh, this is the one that people have been speculating, people have been rumoring, people have been trying to leak it. But without confirmation, and so in a blog in a blog post on that in seven day that Adel was talking about, Bioware announced that there will be a Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Oh, what does that entail? Oh yes, Adel. So this is this is the remaster that people have been waiting for of the Mass Effect trilogy. So. Here's the full detail. So Mass Effect Legendary Edition will include the single-player base content and DLC from Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect 3, <clears throat> plus promo weapons, armors, and packs, all remastered God damn. <laughs> and optimized for 4K Ultra HD. Oh. Um, for the details, it will be available spring 2021 for Xbox One, PlayStation 4 and PC with forward compatibility and target enhancements for that Series X and that PS5. Wow. <laughs> Damn. Yes. Um, and yeah, so they got they 
they basically broke down why this is a remaster, not a remake. Uh, in that blog post, they also said, our goal was not to remake or reimagine the original games, but to modernize the experience so that fans and new players can experience the original work in its best possible form. Mm-hmm. So yeah, don't expect anything too different um, as far as like the way the game is played, yada, yada. Maybe it just seems like, some quality of life things um and yeah, maybe bring maybe use the modern engine or something yeah so um yeah this is the one that people have been waiting for it's a it's a huge one i will say uh it's as as i was saying earlier with the announcement that they're going to be working on a new mass effect game also saying that they're working on the legendary means that they're they're putting their focus back into the franchise that like put them on the map and their so, last bit of bread and butter yeah and they also mentioned that they've been working on it for months so that's that's cool it's not something that they just announced and now they have to start working on it they've been they've already been getting the shades and the lighting and the music and the Ooh. and all that shit updated um where, where do you stand where's your hype level for a mass effect trilogy uh day one it'll be one of the reasons that i get a ps5 sooner rather than later because I'm very excited at the prospect of primarily being able to play through the first Mass Effect all over again in like modernized 4K HDR glory. At the same token, also to see exactly how much they improved the experience of playing the first one from the original. It was a, it it wasn't the smoothest experience. <laughs> I think I brought it to your house one time. Just to show you what was going on, and it was just like, uh, luckily I was later in the game when I started to get it, so it looked dope. But when I first started playing that game, like, it took it took like a whole planet and and some moons to <laughs> finally get into a get into a groove because I think um, I was playing the game. It felt a certain way, like it, it just your stats are low, your weapons are shitty. It's bottom tier of where you start in an action rpg so of course you're taking shots you think you're supposed to be hitting but you're missing the enemy is just cleaving hit points off of you but at some point eventually your levels and the equipment that you're finding begin to lean the needle back into your favor Suddenly your shots are on target. Suddenly your critical hits are putting them down and fewer shots. Suddenly you're taking less damage. Suddenly mm. they're missing. That kind of, and you're also getting better at the game. You're getting abilities. And like Mass Effect was something that really captured the far-flung sci-fi fantasy that it was trying to portray, but it also captured what it is to be a good action RPG because I feel like it was when I got to Planet Vermeer. And on that planet, there's that hive mind creature that's taking control of everybody. There's the husks that are running around that Saren's like using the fucking Reaver to help him out with. I'm trying to refresh myself on the Mass Effect story. But when I'll, I remember distinctly when I'm proceeding through the abandoned buildings on Vermeer, just mowing down husks with my shotguns, bow, chest shot. and they just fall over i was like there's a not only do i finally get it with mass effect but there's also a pretty dope survival horror experience tucked away in here if they really wanted to make something like that 
So I'm immediately excited to replay Mass Effect 1 in modernized glory. I'm also extremely ecstatic to experience Mass Effect 2 all over again because that was the best Mass Effect that I played. I only played 1, 2, and Andromeda. And I really like Andromeda, despite popular opinion. But Mass Effect 2 was by far the best. It, it did so many things right. It took all the good stuff that the original did, just improved upon it, stripped out some of the bad stuff, did some streamlining. And then the whole loyalty mission structure where you're digging into each of your character's storylines in a mission-based structure that then rewards you with like a tighter bond with them that gives you new like combat abilities and such. It was crazy. Yeah, on top on top of that, oh, were you gonna say something? Uh, you keep going. I'll I'll jump in after. Yeah, because on top of that, just the AI of the NPC companions when you're playing Mass Effect 2 was so on point because not only are they being effective in combat, they're like, they're saving your life. I remember we were, I think we were doing like a quarry mission or something and we were just, we were just shooting at these robots and yeah, it was the Geth and they had these big like, like bipedal Geth that were coming in. We got backed into a warehouse I was about to die. I run in the warehouse. I look behind me and like the character Jack, she's just standing in the door of the warehouse, busting shots in the chest of this thing that's like three times her size. And then it just like wipes her aside. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, she gave her life to save me. This is crazy. Is There's just endless stories like that if you really pay attention to the action that's going on in Mass Effect 2. But suffice it to say, I'm I'm incredibly excited. Like, I mean, Demon Souls is one thing, but now Mass Effect Trilogy and being supported on next gen with enhancements, like that, there's there's no reason to be on the sidelines anymore. I know it's I know they're old games. They're not new games. They're not exclusives, but they're still fantastic games. And if you have a chance to relive some of the fonder memories in your gaming career, I highly advise you seize upon them. Yeah, I was just going to say that for me, it was my experience with Mass Effect, which is a franchise I absolutely love, but it was very uh, indicative of those times mainly that console generation because what i will look forward to when i definitely get this as as you mentioned i'll be getting this uh day one is the uh, having a cohesive experience so here's my experience of mass effect which is a franchise I absolutely love. mass effect one uh my brother had a xbox 360 so i played on his 360 and was absolutely loving mass effect and then red ring of death so that <laughs> and he never he never got a new uh xbox 360 i was a ps3 owner and didn't have that cash so i um i just i end up that's that's my entire mass effect one experience i never beat it i wow. got to play it got to put it like a few hours into it enjoy that love the uh the first time i ever got in i made it to the citadel that was like the thing that changed everything for me because i was like not only are you running into all these alien races, but you're learning about the alien races. That's the, the codex in that game is what it was always about. Like you like read up on the races and their tendencies, the way they think based off of like their molecular makeup and things along those lines. Mm -hmm. Like that was, um, it was very much a metaphor for like humanity and just like multicultural, like living lifestyle uh, that that part, like, opened up so much for me and then yeah as i said red ring of death so i don't get to play 
finish Mass Effect 1. Mass Effect 2, I get that uh, on the PS3. I beat that. I did beat that, I think, in one, in like, not one sitting, but in one playthrough. And the issue with that one was then my PS3 got the yellow lighted death. <laughs> and I tried to fix it. I fixed it. And it was good for about a month, maybe a little less. And Ugh. stopped working. So then I had to buy a new PS3 and didn't transfer any of my saves over. So when I played Mass Effect 3, all that, like, you know, all my decisions and all that crap didn't transfer over. <laughs> yeah. And so I had basically my experience was, was half of Mass Effect 1, Mass Effect 2, where I got to do like that. I don't know if it was like a comic book or whatever, where you kind of get to choose your decisions that you would have done in Mass Effect 1 mm-hmm. to then carry over. And in Mass Effect 3 was just a default experience so it was kind of shitty in that way but i enjoyed i enjoyed every game it was just um <clears throat> it wasn't this big epic that i got to carry over from experience to experience uh so that was a little um that was a little upsetting when at the time but i just moved on because i liked the games and they were what they were but now to be able to play through all of them have the decisions carry over so that means like characters will be alive that like weren't alive when i played and things like <laughs> Along those lines, like that stuff will be really cool. And you'll get to meet your biggest fan. Man, I'm so jealous of you, man. You get to experience Mass Effect for basically the first time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and then as you were mentioning, I was going to throw that out there, but you already hit on it. Uh, Mass Effect 1 was known for not having the greatest AI with your companions. Um, mm-hmm. And so I imagine that's one of the things that they plan on like modernizing is like, yeah, just getting the game to work better. Like, um, everything under the hood to interact better as opposed to like i, if I remember right like i remember there was one time like where my companion he was like just shooting at the ground <laughs> and i, I could i think maybe the enemy was below him or something but yeah just the enemy the-, the enemy was below him and your ai partner was trying to engage them in a straight line by yeah. shooting through <laughs> the hillside toward <laughs> the enemy that's down behind a wall in a in a what is it an encampment or an outpost below yeah and shooting at them not because they're in range but because they've detected their presence <laughs> and this happened like this wasn't a rare occurrence this was all the fucking time yeah like oh this is just happening now <laughs> yeah it's like and you're busting good thing we have unlimited ammo and, like looking at the ground let me go fight these dudes so you can stop shooting yeah yeah i'm yeah that raises a lot of questions so (laughs) i'm hoping that they that they looked at things like that and fixed them because if that's still in there and it just looks better and plays better I'd still love it, <laughs> but that would be annoying as hell. Yeah, it's like you have stronger hardware. You can take advantage of all the all the flops and make sure that your character will shoot at an enemy or move around an object to shoot at an enemy. <laughs> now, if they somehow apply the best AI from one of the future Mass Effects to all of them, that would be crazy. Oh, yeah. Like if they had, if Mass Effect One had that Mass Effect Two AI, that would have been just a living, a living being of a video game. Yeah, and it's, ideally, that's what they'll do. Is whatever they're planning to do with the new game, they'll work some of 
whatever enhancements that they're going to have for that one just into the old hardware and to just, you know, fix up that, that, that base a little bit, that foundation, that source coding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sincerely hope so. That, that could, that alone could get EA a lot of points. A lot of Bioware faith could be bought back with that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've seen them. They're, they're doing, they're doing better with the star Wars franchise. If they can get mass effect on the right track, um, EA will be, you know, it'll be in a in a better place. I'll say with the community <laughs> or with with their consumers, maybe not the community. <laughs> um, but yeah, moving on. A dub. What else do we got in the next topic of the week? A topic of the week. week? Got a sad one, AMC. Mm. Got a rough one. Got to pull one out. Yeah, got got a got a hard one to swallow here. <laughs> <laughs> so. As you guys know, as we're getting into the hype, into the excitement, into the the prospective forward-looking view that is the next generation, which is arriving this coming week, the next time you guys listen to us, next-gen systems will be out in the wild. You'll probably have your own that you can enjoy and do other things with. They'll be out in the wild. We'll be talking about that, talking about what people are talking about, because that's how we make our money which we've made enough, but Konami had other plans. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we're talking about next gen and there's a lot of stuff going on with backward compatibility. That's a big issue. We got another story on that a little later, but uh, one thing was going on, which was people were concerned with what was going to happen to PT. PT, as you know, is the Silent Hills demo made by Hideo Kojima. It, came out uh this current gen or last gen by the time you listen to this show so it came out on ps4 xbox one oh, excuse me came out on ps4 and you only had a limited amount of time to download it even though nobody knew that until the, the deadline was announced uh once the kojima fallout with konami happened then it was like all right after this date you can't get this demo anymore uh many people your boy Adub included, downloaded the demo. I still have it on my PS4. Looking forward to getting into that at some point. But then next gen rolls along. It's like, oh man, what's going to happen to PT? Well, people who had had early consoles had made it known that, yo, PT, it, it works on backward compatibility. You're good. Just keep it on your hard drive. It'll carry forward to the next generation. So that was a big sigh of relief. I think we covered that on the show some weeks ago. Fast forward. (laughs) So now that we're getting closer to launch, something has changed. Uh, Looks like PT is not playable through backward compatibility on the PlayStation 5 anymore. And when asked for comment about that, Sony said the change was a publisher decision. So this means Konami would have specifically blocked the game from being played on new hardware and effectively meaning it's even harder for the game to be preserved after it was made non-downloadable on the PlayStation Store. So for me personally, that just means I'm going to have to play PT on the PS4 before I move over to next gen just so I can get that experience and move on having closure. AMC, 
how do you feel about this? Well, this is now game number 11 that won't be backwards compatible. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, as I as I mentioned when we did the uh, PT story last time, it wasn't a game that I was interested in. Playing. I'm, I'm actually just not really interested in horror games. It's more about the legend of PT now at this point than anything. Like People won't even have played PT and they'll hold it in high regard. Like PT is one of the greatest games of all time. Mm-hmm. There's one rule about PT is that you don't talk about PT. Um, yeah. And the, uh, the idea that Konami continues to find a way to be the villain, you know, in a time where we, we may have just lost a, a, a huge villain. There's always Konami existing. <laughs> like, uh, what is, what is that line? That's uh what is it like the greatest trick the devil played was making you believe that he didn't exist. Or something yes. like that. <laughs> it's like Konami. It's like, they'll go away. They'll, they'll focus on their pachinko machines and every now and then they'll just be like, Oh yeah. Video games. How can we put some kerosene and just light that shit on fire? Any, any type of hopes that you could expect for us to make a turn and in, in the, in the side of good for consumer, for gamers, how can we turn our backs on that? How can we shit on that? And yeah, they've formed a business model around pissing in your Cheerios. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, once again, it's like everything they do kind of just um, makes you feel for whatever Kojima had to put up with. It's almost makes you question the fact that he was able to make so many great Metal Gear games under that, under that eye, <laughs> under the eye of Big Brother, um, is even more remarkable that like he was able to blossom there and in the way that he did. He was he had to have been literally the one true artist, other than like obviously his team, but the one true artist within that company of suits. <laughs> and usually I don't I don't shit on the suits, but this seems like shit like suits are doing, just spiteful, vengeful, um, yeah. angry, throwing the dick around putting it on the table <laughs> um yeah this is uh this is just pure evil is what i'll say and konami they have all these great franchises that they could easily just give to some third-party developer and let them make a, a dope-ass castlevania game even like a contra game but nah it's like let's just try to find a way to piss off the gamers <laughs> and because of this gesture of high level hail mary hayden <laughs> This makes Konami our troll of the week. Troll, troll of the week. <laughs> like this, <laughs> how do you how do you find it in your heart <laughs> or the empty cavity where it once stood to to do this? <laughs> People are excited to preserve something that has your name on it and you're like nah fuck that <laughs> like you they could easily just release like a game a pt game and people would be all over that shit <laughs> work with kojima as a third yeah. party <laughs> yeah <laughs> just pay the flat fee get the game get the money get out get guillermo del toro to roll back through the studio <laughs> get um, Reedus yeah <laughs> and the usb baby get people Give the people what they want and then just like right off into the sunset. All this, like, yeah, I'm the new sheriff now. And then you just sit at your desk with your hat on your face and your feet on it while the the town goes to anarchy because your boys are tearing it up. (laughs) (laughs) This is not the way to do things. Yeah, they are. um, I don't get it. It's like literally they could have just done nothing. (laughs) 
And that would have been better. I could have been like, yeah, we could let the gamers figure out how to transfer the game over to the PS5 and we can just not care. But it's like, nah, we're going to shut that shit down. They rolled out of bed for this. Yeah. <laughs> for a demo. <laughs> All right, wait, they're doing what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so, troll of the week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, AOC, what you got for our next topic of the week? Top topic of the oh, week. Me. You know, this is one that we can uh, hit on, and I think you might have also some extra information on top of that. But Sony did have a state of play. Uh, this week and it yes, was, they did and it was a showcase of demon souls so since it was like a showcase of demon souls gameplay let's just get into it like how did, what did you think how did you feel what are your thoughts what's your hype level what's up it, it was the most refreshing video of the demon souls remake i've seen yet so it's completely alleviated all of my my worries and fears uh, as you guys may know when they revealed Demon Souls remake for the PS5, I was chiefly concerned because when they were running through the gameplay portion of the demo, your character would get hit with their shield up and just wouldn't move. Like the sword would pass through them, it would make the sound, and nothing would happen. I was like, wait a minute, that is not the Demon Souls I remember. It, like the enemy wouldn't recoil. It was. Like, what's happening? Or maybe they hit it and they did bounce off, but it didn't feel like it. there was anything to it. Yeah, the weight wasn't there. Yeah. So I was immediately skeptical of that. But then fast forward, here's the state of play. And it looks exactly like the Demon Souls I've come to know and love, just completely overhauled and modernized. It's absolutely stunning to look at. It's buttery smooth in motion and Everything is there just the way I remember it, but just in new glory. They got new animations. Uh, I could go on. It's They got new animations. They completely overhauled the character creator. Like They're making some of the best characters that I've seen in games, period. But, you know, that's blue point magic. So let's give them the hats off where it's due. Uh, they showed pretty much, I think they showed a great deal of the world's they show Tower Latria. They show like the point, the 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 underblight, the poison area. They showed uh, they showed the castle, Boletaria. So we got to see all the different flavors. We got to see different weapons. We got to see different play styles. But most importantly, we got to see the combat, which looks like it is just one hundred percent true to the Demon Souls experience. You're, you got a little recoil when you block and get hit. The enemies like bounce off as if they hit something solid. That's looking good. It's, I, it's, it looks perfect. So I'm completely happy about it. It's definitely something that I'll be getting on PS5 when I get a PS5. AMC, how did you feel? Man, yeah, this was one of those ones where, so when they announced Demon Souls, uh, when they announced Demon Souls, I was, Initially, kind of like, oh, that's cool, but like, not interested. Um, it's the one from software game that I've actually beaten, and because of that, it's like I just, I don't want to taint that, <laughs> and like I like a, I don't want to give I don't want to give I don't want it to be one in one. Like I don't want to give them a victory at least when it comes to that game. They beat me with all the other games, but not this one. And so I was. I feel uh, you retired, champ. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, I just was just I wanted to leave that experience and let it be what it was. And then I saw this gameplay, and it just reminded me 
of everything that I loved about Demon Souls. And really with that, it's the um the customization. Like not only did they get into the customization of how your character will look, but um then they got into the different gameplay styles because as you mentioned, they show them fighting with the sword and shield and handling business, getting that back attack. That, that sword and that board. That animation stab to the back, kick them off, knock them to the ground. Um yeah, it was everything was there and I was like, oh like I just getting that feeling back and still like, yeah, you know, this is what I love about Demon Souls, but you know, I don't necessarily need to get in there. And then they showed him with that wand and getting getting mm-hmm. off those those blasts, those energy blasts. And then that's <laughs> right when I saw that, I was like, ah oh, shit, that's right. Because when I played, I played um I played as an archer, and so I really enjoyed that. And that was my one experience. And if anything, um I thought like if I went back, I would want to play it as as you as it sounded as you play as more as like the knight, like the the heavy strong soldier. Um which and, is also the way that I I'm going to be playing it again. <laughs> yeah. But after seeing the magic, and that was the thing, like in the game, I felt like the the projectiles as far as like uh the wand and all that stuff were introduced like later, at least like when in my gameplay and my playthrough. And so it was the thing that like I would have had to adjust my entire build to that. And I was just like, I'll just stick with this. But if from scratch because that's what i love about that game was they had all the different classes with their with the the i guess the description of those characters so that you can really give them like a a little bit of a backstory um and so you could start out out as a mage i'm assuming and so with that i was like oh that would be an experience that i would totally want to hop in for so if anything this has kind of sold me to consider getting back into it as definitely uh like an early ps5 purchase when i'm looking for um a new a new old game to play on the ps5 this is this is now inching into that like light just because of the the idea that i can just do a different play style and so it won't i won't feel like it has to be a one note type of game like it could it could have a different flair have a different have just a different feeling because i attacked it a different way and because of that um yeah it's uh it's a thing that i'm now considering jumping into because it looked amazing the music is all there the atmosphere um yeah and then it's just gorgeous and now that we also know how the game like wants to be played and like the surprises and traps that they throw at you and um just that overall feeling of caution and unease as you go around every corner yeah because this was the og and so it's just (laughs) like there's so much when it comes to just a game where you can't take little minions like lightly like things along those lines like even though he's like just like standing behind like a wooden structure if you're not paying attention and he swings through it you just lost a quarter of your health and so you have to (laughs) always like keep your head on a swivel in that game and i think coming back with that experience will at least give it a different feel so it won't maybe i won't feel as much of an as an underdog um in that first playthrough i'll show up as the vet the wily vet the grizzled vet and give the game everything that i have to offer i'm a seasoned vet when it comes to the souls (laughs) (laughs) did you have any other information as far as demon souls nah okay well Let's get into the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. Actually, I did have more Demon Souls news. <laughs> okay, yeah. What you, what you got? So, as you guys know, with the PlayStation Five, uh, one of the baked-in features for PS Plus subscribers is that if you're having trouble with a particular area or situation, you're going to be able to bring up tutorial videos or guide videos that sh- not only tell you how to do it, but show you how to get through 
a particular situation. For the Demon Souls remake, there are over 180 guide videos in the user interface. Damn. <laughs> so I feel like this is kind of a, uh, I guess, kind of an olive branch to the easy mode community. Yeah, it's because like it's, it's, it's the like, middle ground. Yeah, it's like, okay, we're not making an easy mode, <laughs> number one. But number two, it's like, if you endeavor to try to play this game and overcome its challenges, we can at least show you how to approach them. And in doing that, perhaps you'll finally understand the rhythm and the the mood of the game enough to be able to figure this stuff out on your own like every other player has done ever since 2008. But I digress. Yeah, no, I love it because it's it's not even a um, I'll hold your hand. It's let me explain it to you. Like, let me coach you through this. And so that you see how it's done and then you try to mimic that. Like it, like boxing or whatever. Like we, we both have boxed. And it's you see how people do it. And then you got to practice it and you learn how to do it from there until you can one imitate. And then once you're able to imitate, then you're able to then personalize uh, your experience. Yeah. And so um, I feel like a lot of the people who come in there with that, you know, devil may cry attitude where it's like, well, I should just be able to combo up dudes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not able to do that. It's well here. Why can't I air juggle? Yeah, let me show you how the game is supposed to be played. And then you'll realize once you get good at that, how fun like those challenges can be. Um, so yeah, I, I completely agree. Like this is definitely for a thing that people who maybe were the more hardcore as they saw it as like, why is this here? I would never use this. It is a, a middle ground for yeah, the easy mode people who don't want to try to learn how to play something outside of how they approach everything. Well, it's like, I, I can already see it now. It's just, oh, I should be able to play however I want. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't need the guide videos, even though there are guide videos for everything in gaming. It's like, it, you don't solve all the problems on your own. I mean, I don't know about I don't know about you. I don't know about anybody else. But for me, especially when I'm learning something new, what generally works for me is the power of three. The first thing is someone who knows how to do it, letting me watch them do it. Second thing is us doing it together. Third thing is me doing it while they look on. And then from there, I got it. (laughs) So that's how I operate. When it comes to Demon's Souls, it's a lot of trial and error. But I feel like if, as long as you have the videos, you have that element where you can see someone else doing it. You can see that it's possible, number one, and you can see that if you just obey the mechanics of the game, it works and you can solve all your problems that way. So like, it's not an easy mode, but at the same token, it's it should be enough for people who seem to have trouble like getting into this franchise to at least be able to see what, what they're doing wrong and what they could do correctly. Yeah, it's it's like getting a hint in Uncharted. We're not going to tell you how to solve it, but we're going to point you in the direction. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you don't, you don't have to go to YouTube to get it. It's baked into the console. Yeah. So there's no excuse of like, oh, I can't beat this. I don't get it. Like, well, bring up the guy video and have a look. It, do you see what's happening there? Can you mimic that? Is that something you can do? I should be able to play it the way I want to play it. Well, then make that work. That's your problem. 
because they're giving you they're giving you the answer. But if you want to be stubborn and you want to come up with your own answer, then you have to accept the frustration that comes along with figuring out how to make that work for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like one last point I would say is there's also that pushback where people, when people are playing something and they keep continually lose and then they get frustrated, their immediate reaction is one is bad design. And then two, it's impossible. And so showing you that don't it, lose. If yeah. I'm losing everyone's losing <laughs> yeah and so like the idea like once they show you like oh there are other like it can easily be done and here is actually it being done like here's an actual video not even just uh, a text-based like walkthrough like here's the actual footage of someone doing it you lose that argument at that point and then it's like all right it can be done now it's just a matter of human error or input and i just got to be better at that <laughs> And not only can these challenges be overcome in all the Souls games, all the FromSoft games, they can be overcome in a number of ways. All you have to do is know and understand the game's core mechanics and utilize them to your advantage. As long as you can execute properly and deal more damage than you receive, you're fine. Yeah. Um, sticking with the PS5 and the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. So this is just uh, a little tidbit information. If if you're one of the people that was going to Big Five to get a tent and a sleeping bag to That's sleep a on fishing the, line, yeah, to sleep on the sidewalk, not because you're homeless, but because you're waiting to spend five hundred dollars on on hardware, <laughs> and you're ready to choke out an eight year old because they might get the last one. Yeah, yeah, there you might want to listen to this part right here so this coming by way of polygon they reported that playstation 5 will not be sold in retail stores on launch day so here's the information here sony says that playstation 5 sales will be conducted in an online only capacity on november 12th when the next gen console launches in north america november 19th and other regions as a preventative measure during the pandemic Gamers who have pre-ordered for pickup at their local retailer should still be able to do so at their designated appointment time because they don't want motherfuckers flooding the door under the retailer's safety protocols. Um, so yeah, basically, they're trying to avoid one, the the age-old, was it, the PS2 lines at, at the Best Buy <laughs> where you're, you're camping you out. know about those. Yeah, camping out there for days, waiting to get your, your PS2. Um, there's a lot of excitement for the PS5. On top of that, um, yeah, there's been discussions about like, you know, just a low supply due to uh, the constraints in production with COVID. Uh, so yeah, everybody's trying to get it. And so Sony wants to be responsible, you know, because people want to be responsible when it comes to this thing and not just deny it. And um, they basically are saying we're going to actually stagger the launch and in, in essence so that uh they want people to show up one with appointment times at their retailer so it's like now you get yours at three it's not right when the store opens um and it's just to like spread it out social distance and all that good stuff so um i like it i like the move just philosophically not only just to keep people safe but also for the people who need to be, I I need to be there. I need to be the first one to show people on the streams that I got a PS5. It, it takes that away from a lot of people. And so then because that, I guess that heat, that hype is a little, 
I guess, watered down in a way, it it gets people to act a little more responsible with the product and, and with themselves. <laughs> I mean, what do you think about that, Adeb? I know you got um you got you got a pre-order coming to your house, not the pre-order. Yeah, got a pre-order, hooked it up for a single, you know. It shipped, so next gen is on its way. That's gonna be exciting to see, you know, when going upstairs and downstairs getting my beverage if your boy happens to still be here at that time. I don't know. But yeah, man, it's it's a good move on Sony's part. Uh, I see people online construing this as, oh, too bad you can only get PS5 through Sony. It's like, no, they aren't stopping retailers from selling the console. They just don't want people lining up on day one, taking a risk in a pandemic. They're looking out for your well-being and your health because we've come up with a government that doesn't so yeah good move thank you sony next year is still happening you can still go to your favorite retailer wherever your best buy points or your gamestop credits are you can still do that so chill the fuck out quit spreading false info uh you got you got i have a couple more stories you have anything else you want to hit before i jump into these quick hits well, backing up, I've got my own quick hits here. Yes, sir. Quick, quick hit of the week. Quick, hit, quick hit of the week. <laughs> hit me with them with that combination. Yeah, it's that one and that two. Uh, got a couple items, actually, from Take Two. First, starting a little more granular with Rockstar, who just announced their GTA Five and Red Dead Redemption 2 next-gen backwards compatibility plans. In short, both games will be backward compatible on PlayStation 5. Your saves will transfer for GTA 5 and Red Dead Redemption 2. And on top of that, as long as you're playing online with the same user ID that you signed up with or that you played online with last gen, you'll be able to carry your progress forward online next gen. So that's refreshing. There's also a bunch of like PS2 era Rockstar games that are supported either on backward compatibility on the Microsoft side or through buying the PS2 classics on the Sony side. So you have that as well. Uh, Second little hit from Take Two, they have confirmed that they have an interest in acquiring Codemasters. So Codemasters is the developer behind the Dirt franchise. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see how they benefit from Take-Two ownership and how their influence will be felt within the Take-Two umbrella. AMC, how do you feel about this action? I uh, never played Dirt, but um, I remember it's a game that consistently got like good scores, like nines. Um, always um, love the idea of uh, rally rally car racing. And yes. so it seemed like the people who are into that franchise absolutely loved it. So that shows that... Um, they have a good pedigree and good developers they're already it'll be interesting to see where take two how they'll utilize that i'm not sure if they're in the the racing genre as of right now um well they were at one point with the midnight club franchise to rockstar mm, would you like would, to see a um a return of that or go somewhere new uh, man i played I tried to play one Midnight Club and I didn't like the way that it scaled the competition. So I never got into it again. Sticking on that Forza side and that Gran Turismo side. Sorry, Take Two. You're going to have to come a little stronger. <laughs> uh, what else you got, Ado? Uh, I was going to defer to you. You got another quick hit? 
Yes, sir. Um, let's see. Jedi Fallen Order will be coming to Game Pass on November 10th via EA Play. All right. Yes, sir. Um, and I remember that it recently got some additional free content where you can, I think it's like the Jedi Trials or something of that nature. Oh, yeah. I, well, yeah, I remember what they put in the, was like the challenge, like arenas and things along those lines. There you go. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. There's another casualty due to cyberpunk <laughs> uh, this, this being the uh, microsoft exclusive or that was it the psychological horror exclusive the medium uh this will be delayed now into january due to covid and cyberpunk uh, it's due to cyberpunk it ain't yeah. due to no COVID. <laughs> yeah exactly so they said basically it was due to the flare-up of covid cases in poland and the schedule of other games they should have said other game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, they're getting. Because I mean, it's not like they're getting out of the way of Everspace too, even though they should. Yeah, and they didn't have an issue coming out in December until they had a reason to have an issue coming out in yeah. December. <laughs> yeah. COVID been here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could have um, delayed that shit at any time. Here's another one. Uh, PlayStation 5, Godfall. Godfall, we now have confirmation that it is a six-month timed exclusive. Oh, Sony, how come you couldn't buy a whole year? Yeah. yeah, (laughs) They were only anti-consumer for six months, apparently. Sony's broke again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, uh, in the recent trailer uh, from Godfall at the end, um, they announced that it would be a timed exclusive through the 21st of May, 2021. So, but they actually haven't announced that uh, Godfall will definitely be coming to Xbox. We just know that the time exclusivity ends on that date. So we'll see. I guess how successful. We'll see how that goes. I guess it's coming to Switch. What else you got, Adam? I got a couple PS5 features to share with the people. Uh, first mm. one is a, it's a little bit of a downer. The PS5 user interface does not have custom themes. Which could have easily been troll of the week. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I mean, there's no real explanation of why this is. It's just the way that it is. Hopefully, it's something that'll change over time. I was really excited at the prospect of being able to carry over my, my themes from PS4 since everything seemed to be going over there. But, you know, if that's not the case, and that's just not the case, it's whatever. I'm not buying a console for its themes, I'm buying it for its games. Yeah, exactly. If anything, speaking like, of, oh yeah, yeah. What you say? Well, I was saying, as speaking of your games, we got a little brighter note because the PS5 lets you automatically turn on subtitles for all of your games. Love that. That was uh, that's an awesome one. I I wasn't even aware of that until you brought it up in the pre-show, and that's immediately a feature that I will for sure be using. Absolutely, and it's a feature that I'm hoping goes both ways because. I'm not a fan of subtitles, and I would love to make sure that they're turned off in all of my games. Therefore, I don't have to interrupt the opening cutscene of the experience to turn off the goddamn subtitles because the words are distracting me. <laughs> yeah. You got anything else? Yes, sir. So um, we have some notes with, um, I guess, backwards, forwards, compatibility enhancements uh, for games. Notes. Notes, notes. Uh, This was confirmed that Days Gone will be running at 4K, 60 frames per second on the PS5. 
So you can look forward to that for Days Gone fans. I am um, looking forward to that. I may want to go back and get that platinum. Yeah. In that a video, 60 frame platinum. <laughs> in a video from uh, an influencer with an Xbox Series X, it was caught that uh, while playing Witcher, Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, he was able to um, fast travel without any type of load screens. So it was yeah. immediate, immediate in a way where it looked like a glitch in the game because the game had to in some ways catch up so it's like you're there but the screen's like kind of putting itself back together really quickly <laughs> mm. so like it's a it's 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 super fast it's awesome like it's you, you click it and you're in a new area of the map <laughs> so that's kind of interesting because GameSpot put out uh they tweeted something or they put out some information comparing the load speeds of backward compatible games on xbox series x versus the ps5 in those comparisons you see that the playstation 5 is coming in a little slower than the xbox series x is now we also have mark cerny's comments about the boost modes or the boost of backward compatibility and saying that you know sometimes it just works a little too well and so they tested every game so I'm starting to think maybe maybe the PS5 might be loading a little slower because of situations like The Witcher 3, whereas you show up before the rest of the game does. Yeah. <laughs> like that might be breaking things on the PS5. So maybe they have to throttle themselves. Now, this isn't to stoke any kind of console wars, but there are already console wars going down. People say, oh, it's supposed to have the super fast SSD, but Xbox One is loading faster. At the same token, there was also a video of first-party PS5 titles, excuse me, first-party PS4 titles that were tested for their loading on PS5. As you know, this kind of follows up on the story about how there were patches that went out for God of War, for, you know, The Last of Us Remastered, one of which the last of us one reduced the load times we don't know what the god of war one does there was another game i think like bloodborne or like death stranding or something but they there was a video where they looked at uncharted 4 the last of us 2 god of war bloodborne and the load speed of miles morales on ps and all these running on ps5s they looked at them and in some cases it's just tremendously chopping at the low time i saw one game go from a 41 second load or a boot in some cases to like 11 seconds you know uh, the last of us two went from a 90 second boot slash load to 30 seconds so it's looking like there are situations where with that GameSpot comparison which was third party games it may be on the developer to go in and patch the functionality that better takes advantage of what's going on on the PS5. But in any case, is we're starting to get numbers, we're starting to get examples. And either way you decide to go as a consumer, you're getting better load times because it's not so much which one loads faster, it's if either or both of them load faster than their current gen counterparts. So, you know, it just depends on which kind of narrative you want to spin. All right, and then the next topic, um, 
This is a story from Sony, uh, pulled by way of gamesindustry.biz, and this has to do with those custom faceplates that everybody was super <laughs> excited about. Um, yeah, that we told you about last week. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, this is a follow up to that story. So with the uh, with the teardown video, there was. Um, People, one of the big things, the takeaways from that video is that as the guy was taking apart the PlayStation, he took the white covers off of the, the sides of it. And so people that immediately, people started jumping to conclusions like, oh shit, like that means we can, one, play without that possibly, or two, I can customize it. And then as people had that thought, before people could even have that thought, people were like, and I could start up a business to sell these places. <laughs> I could get my 3D printers going. Yeah. And it's, uh, as Ada mentioned, there's a company called Plate Station that popped up. They bought the domain PlateStation5.com. And not the smartest name. No, not the smartest name. <laughs> sounds great, but too close. Sony steps in and says, nah, son, you, you, you're, you're infringing on our copyrights. So then PlateStation says, you're right, Sony. We weren't thinking, so we changed our names to Customize My Plates. How does that sound? And Sony says, NASA. In fact, you got to take down all your pre-orders for those face plates. Um, so this is coming from... You got you to gotta shut it all down. <laughs> yeah. So this is in a statement from Customize My Plates, an interview. They basically said, we thought the Switch would be happy enough, the Switch being the name. We thought the Switch would be enough to keep everyone happy. And honestly... We were hoping so since we were already underway without our product development. But then Sony's lawyers told us it was their opinion. Sony's intellectual property extended to the faceplates in that if we continued to sell and distribute them in any country, we would end up in court. <laughs> so um, once again, Sony has been a company that's been known for, um, you know, proprietary wanting to control at least like the um the memory cards when it came to the psps that can be used so you can only buy sony memory cards to run with the psp and things along those lines um this seems to be one of those cases where they are um if they're gonna if anybody's gonna be making faceplates in a third-party sense it's gonna be, probably be through a licensing deal and yeah. not not just anybody on the internet. <laughs> yeah, just deciding they're just gonna make some shit without <laughs> without kissing the ring. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it, I'm sure Sony has their their own plans for their own like official first party faceplates to make their own money off of it. Like, I'm sure they got the open up shop phase of that covered and this is just them going through the stop drop shut them down portion of the dmx method <laughs> yeah what is it what's that company is it mad gears or what is that mad cats mad cats yes you can look forward to your mad cats faceplate eventually <laughs> yeah get your scuff faceplate <laughs> with your paddles on the back <laughs> but hey those are the companies that did it right they came in they kissed they kissed the ring uh -huh. they they paid they paid their royalties yeah. and they put their products out yeah it's like we we get we get a percentage of the cut we'll make sure that when you tax that ass we'll be up front and pay you day one <laughs> you new jacks just can't come on the block taking corners exactly. like this is some kind of free-for-all like there's decorum <laughs> This yeah. is a business. Yeah, this ain't Hamsterdam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you uh, just put the beer in the brown paper bag. <laughs> yeah. 
you can that drink was, anywhere. <laughs> that was the speech. I love that moment. And I was yeah. like, yes, that explains policing in a nutshell. <laughs> it's like, just let them do crime somewhere <laughs> where people don't live. <laughs> <laughs> we can bring down the numbers. <laughs> people can still get their drugs. Yeah. <laughs> And we don't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah. oh, I think that's the big part that people tend to overlook with those kind of plans is the we don't have to do anything things. Like you're gonna let the problem get worse. Yeah. People just don't see it worsening, and you're just gonna keep taking that paycheck like you're doing a great job. <laughs> yeah, it's like you just cut off that gangrenous part of the arm, let that continue to fester, and the rest of the body continues on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Without an arm. You put a bandage on a rotting <laughs> limb. <laughs> like, no, if you wrap enough layers on it, you can't see the green. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a happy note that we can end on unless you got something else. Um, well, mine is a sad note, so I, I won't do that. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, this one is just uh, some Nintendo's numbers um, that they released in their latest earnings call. Uh, Did so, Animal Crossing New Horizons cross fifty million yet? Oh yes. Um, what? Actually, no. I don't, I don't believe it didn't. But Animal Crossing oh, okay. is selling well. I'll just jump right to that. Actually, um, actually, no. We'll start with the console. So, console-wise, Nintendo Switch. Uh, it is at the. It has sold sixty-eight point three million units out in the wild. Okay. Uh, so a comparison, right. you got the Nintendo 3DS at 75 million units. We got the Wii, which is at 101 million. So that's that's the leader right now in the in the pack. Uh, we got the Wii U at 13 million. <laughs> <laughs> so that's 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 the jump. Going from 13 million consoles sold in the previous generation to now 68 million three years into the next console generation. More than five times as many switches as we use yeah and then uh so another comparison the nes that was at that ended at 61.9 million it also the any damn yeah the super nes was at 49.1 really yeah huh n64 32.9 really and that gamecube at 21.7 here's the what? this is actually the winner in the pack if you count it as a just pure console Game Boy. Hey, Game Boy, yeah. <laughs> 100, 118 million. <laughs> and then what was what was Wii like 110, 100? Uh Wii is uh yeah, 101.6 million. And the Game Boy changed everything. Yeah. yeah Game and Boy. they shipped with Tetris. Yeah, exactly. Um let's see, where are we at with uh gonna find this? I don't have it on me. God damn it. I'm going to pause it. Oh, wait, that was Zelda. <laughs> and we are back. So, yeah, uh, as far as software, lifetime sales on the Switch, number one in the pack. So, no, yeah, it didn't pass. The uh, Animal Crossing did not pass the 50 million mark. But number one on the list, that is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe at 28.9 million. Now, here's the crazy part. Switch has been out for about three years now. Uh, yeah, and- and the number two number two game on this list is Animal Crossing New Horizon at twenty six point zero four million. Jesus. So yeah, so that's surpassing Breath of the Wild, <laughs> surpassing Smash Brothers at twenty one million, Breath of the Wild at nineteen million, 
Pokemon Sword and Shield at 19 million, Super Mario Odyssey at 18 million, Animal Crossing, which just came out in March this year, is already at 26 million. So it is looking to surpass uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe in no time and become the uh, not only the fastest sw- uh, selling Switch title, but the uh, the highest selling Switch title. So that the, just shows like, the Nintendo Switch has killed the first four Nintendo consoles. <laughs> entire lifetimes yeah. <laughs> in three years <laughs> yeah exactly and and, uh, and a fifth console <laughs> yeah and it's once again it, it's a, a throwback as far as animal crossing to a topic that we were discussing the other week of like just games that win the internet and that's animal crossing because it's not a game that you would uh typically like you would look at it's like where's the action where's the uh where's this and that that you would expect in a big open world style game where's it where's what the do you do yeah, where's, where's the fetch quest? <laughs> like, um, yeah, it's it's a game about building a, a civilization and people come and visit and they check out your your town and maybe share some, give you some clamshells on top of that or some acorns, whatever the currency is in that game. Um, and yeah, it's the fastest selling Switch game. So you never know what games are going to hit and Animal Crossing is the one that's apparently going to be the hit for the Nintendo Switch. And then on top of that, when you take these numbers into account, Animal Crossing New Horizons is almost sold to half of the Switch customer base. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you think about it, it's um, when you looked at that number, when what was it when Breath of the Wild initially came out and it was there were more Breath of the Wilds bought than there were Switches out in the wild. Yeah. <laughs> so, like people were just like buying it. It's like, I'm gonna get that Switch soon. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is just the down payment. Um, yeah. This is. Animal Crossing pretty much is a, a console seller at this point for the Nintendo Switch. That's um, awesome. As you kind of noted and implied. Yeah. Um, N- you got Nintendo is, is killing it. Uh, just that sad note about Capcom being the victim of a cyber attack. They don't know if any pertinent information was stolen. So, you know, it's just the discovery aspect of that. So I'm not going to bring down your Sunday <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. like that. But I'm, right. I'm right. tapped out, buddy. Yes, sir. Um, well, you know what? Let's call it an episode. This is Control Issue. I am the AMC. This is the AMC. You are Control Issue. Thanks for that. Sucker. Sucker. Actually, AJ, you have the final words. The next gen is upon us. You can get on the bandwagon and get on. Control Issue! Oh, <laughs>